needs a wellspring. It's Him. It's amazing. He's amazing. And there is this untapped wellspring that never runs dry, never runs out. It's a life that you and I can know. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you're not a God of lack. You're not a God of just enough. You're the God of abundance. You're the God that just for the sake of it, to show us your nature, you have more food than what's required when you fed the 5,000 and the 4,000. You always have enough. You always go beyond what's logical and reasonable. You don't even know what those words are. You just know your realm. And then you invite us to be part of that realm and that reality through the power of your spirit, through the power of your eternal word. So Father, I pray tonight as we sit and hear and share that we would be edified, exhorted, and consoled in you. Pray, God, as we speak into one another's life that our spirit would capture the essence of heaven, that we would be built up with a building word that would infuse us into you. I love that song, that I would be one with you. Not going anywhere to the fulfillment of, I pray that they would be one, would be found. Communion with God. To have a common union, to be hidden in Christ. Wow. Baptized into his death, baptized into his life. Bible promises a resurrected life. It's not an old life modified. It's a born again, resurrected. That same power that rose him from the grave, you and I can know to raise us to a place. The Bible says we are seated in heavenly places, which means you are able to see from a heaven's perspective. That's an invitation, isn't it? To see from heaven looking down is to be our reality now, not in the future. So often we just wait for the future. It's now, guys. It's a now reality. You're seated. So look down from heaven and see as God sees. See what's contained in God. Receive what's contained in God. And then prophesy. Share it with others. Be a voice and release prophetic utterances into the earth. Wow. (laughs) So, Father, I thank you that you're speaking already. You're going to speak tonight through each and every person that's here. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Aren't these guys cool? We are so blessed to have amazing people and part of our family. You know, realize sometimes how blessed you are until you either don't have it or you go somewhere else, eh? Let's just stay, let's just stay, don't don't switch off. Don't start talking to your neighbor. Because this is cool, this is cool, there's a cool flow happening.
Um, I'm going to start by just speaking a reality that is happening. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, so I'm just going to say it because it's happening, but there's a frequency that God has been speaking here for a number of years. There's a frequency of the eternal being declared over us that he wants us to capture. And in Acts, before the Spirit was poured out, the Bible says that there was the sound from heaven which started to stir the city to prepare hearts for what was coming. And I just hope you can hear the sound that is being declared from heaven, the eternal sound, the eternal substance, the eternal purpose for you and I, the eternal, not the temple, but the eternal. Adam and Eve fell out of the eternal realm when they sinned. They didn't know what sickness was. They didn't know what time was. And they fell out of glory. And God is restoring the church back to glory. God is restoring the church back to that eternal place. I'm not talking about eternity. I'm talking about a substance of the eternal. Love is eternal. Joy is eternal. Rest is eternal. You and I are to have the substance, the eternal life within us. The Bible says to know Jesus Christ is the eternal life. And so when Adam and Eve fell, they fell out of that eternal realm and then they were limited. Limitations came upon them. They could get sick. Age came into, time came into order. Even though the Father's outside of time, the world was affected And they left the eternal, they left the glory, they left that place of perfection. And the church is to live its life from that place of perfection. You and I are to live our lives from that eternal kingdom realm. I think that's incredible. I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes you just can forget. Yeah, you can forget and just get so caught up in life that you forget that angels used to turn up regularly and have conversations with people. It's like, hey, who are you looking for? Who are you? Oh, it's all right. I'm just Archangel Michael or Gabriel or, you know. It's like we can get so consumed in ourselves and have our eyes on the world and never set our eyes above. And yet this other realm exists, and it's right here, right now. And it's got a heartbeat. It's called the kingdom of God. Jesus said to Pilate, he said, you, he said, I'm not from your kingdom. He said, I don't operate from your world. Pilate said, what's truth, man? What is truth? Jesus said, well, it's me. And you and I are promised there's a frequency that's been going into the airwaves. So many voices out there, isn't there? And this singular voice has been going into the airwaves. And it's looking for a home. It's looking for a host. 
It's looking for a vessel that will capture, hear it through the Spirit, receive it, accept it, pull it out of the invisible into the visible, and then start living from it. It's a frequency. And like in any radio, you have to tune in. If you're 0.1 out, you can hear fuzziness, you can hear some things, but there's a lot of... <laughs> Thank you for joining Radio ZV. <laughs> and you miss what's being said. So you can hear a little bit of it, but not all of it. And he wants us to tune in to this frequency. I don't know about you. Anyone play sport growing up? Anyone feel sort of like left out growing up? Anyone feel like you didn't quite fit into either the team or the cool crowd and you were always sort of maybe on the outer of what was? Do you know, in him, that doesn't exist. There is no favorite in his eyes. As I said this morning, there is favor from people that live obediently, but there are no favorites. He doesn't go, well, you've got this gifting, so you're the man, you're an, oops, sorry, you only got that gifting, you go that way. Now, the Bible actually speaks opposite. It says, edify the small toe and lift it up so it doesn't feel inferior to the shoulder or the bicep or the tricep because those gifts are readily seen and they get enough praise, but the little toe never gets seen. So edify it beyond the others, because I don't have this posture of favorites. You're all one. But I do understand how you think. I do understand sometimes the lack that is in you. So I need to teach you how to do what I ask you to do so no one feels insecure. No one feels, oh, I'm just a this. Oh, no, that's not for me. I'm probably, we've probably all said that. Oh, no, that's not for me. Prophecy is not for me. That's for those other people because they're special people because they got those giftings. Anyone said that? No, 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 no. You don't understand. No, no, I'm just behind the scenes and I don't want to be seen and I'll just be cool. That can be right and that can be false humility. And God wants to call us out from behind the doors and up front. Because why? Because we've all got a place. And the Bible says we've all been called to prophesy. We've all been chosen to declare a living reality. That's all it is. We've mystified this. I think we've confused it so much that we're afraid of it. I've heard people say, oh, I'm not going to come to that night because that's too scary. No, no, this is who you're called to be. You're called to be a prophetic race. You're called to be an apostolic people. You're called to be shepherds of people. You're called to teach. You can't be scared of the thing that you're called into. You have to overcome those fears and step into it. Even if you have to step into it blindly, step into it and trust in him and those around you as they call you up. Because we are all called to have this prophetic edge, this apostolic edge. It does make us a little bit edgy and sharp. Ooh, what was that? That were those people. They don't 
look like me. They don't sound like me. They don't act like me. Their conversations are different to mine. But there's something about them that I can't put my finger on, but I'm almost ooh, a little bit in awe of them, but at the same time I'm quite attracted to them and I don't quite know which way to go. That was the early church. It said the Lord was adding to their number daily because of the life they were in. The greatest evangelistic strategy for the church is to get on fire yourself. What do you think is to go reach your world? Get on fire yourself. And then God will add to the church because he adds unhealthy people to healthy people because you're on fire and you're becoming the very thing God has said. Prophesy like it is done. Speak it as it is and believe to see it come forth. And this is who we've been called to be. I just love these words. I'm going to read Acts to you. This is Peter reading from the past. I love it, eh? Joel spoke this. Peter grabs hold of it. So he's not making it up. He's speaking from what was already written. Isn't that cool? Joel saw into the future and he spoke it. All those guys did. Isaiah, you are healed. You are healed. Jesus hadn't even turned up. But he spoke it because he saw it, so he prophesied what was done. And we have to come into this alignment and this intrinsically infused place, this position of oneness. So then we live from what already is. And he says this, and it shall be in the last days. When were they? 2,000 years ago they started. The last days started 2,000 years ago. Why? Because he's just poured the Spirit out. Peter's the recipient of what he's saying. In the last days, God is going to pour the Spirit out on mankind. Okay? That will pour forth on the, my Spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Are you a son? Are you a daughter? then guess what? You're going to prophesy. Say, I'm going to prophesy. Part of my identity is to prophesy. I'm not afraid of prophesying. Say that. I'm not afraid to get it wrong. Because I might just get it right. <laughs> oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? And my father's big enough to correct me, isn't he? Because he loves me. But don't try and ride the bike without him. Let them teach you how to ride a bike. And your young men. How many young men? <laughs> I'm grabbing that one, man. Your young men shall see visions. You see visions, guys? You see pictures? How many saw pictures last Sunday? How many people spoke stuff over people? See? You're fulfilling walking in your identity. You probably don't even know it. You're doing it. You're prophesying. Really? Yeah. Then he says this. He goes on. I love it. Uh, and your young men shall see visions and your old men. Got any old men here? Come on, Peter. You're a young fella. <laughs> We're in the young crowd. And your old men shall dream dreams. Dream dreams. Not a dream. 
dreams, plural, more, the one. It's untapped. God speaks to me when I'm sleeping. It's like, go away. I want to sleep. He says, no, I want to speak. <laughs> you can be in a state of half asleep, and he starts speaking. You figured that out? Yeah, it's like, I've got to write this down. I've got to write this down, but I really want to sleep, but I've got to write this down. I'll remember that in the morning. No, you won't. Write it down. <laughs> and then that's why I turn on the light. Now, you're not trying to turn on the light because your wife's sleeping. So you're trying to like do it in the dark, and you're funneling around, and you're like, oh, gee. And you just hope you get it right. So then you've got Siri. Siri. <laughs> Technology's a great thing at times. Recorded, Greg. Thanks. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit and they shall prophesy. Isn't that cool? So our identity is to be prophetic people. People who hear, see, and declare. That's why God gave you a voice. Doesn't it say everything that has breath, praise the Lord? Every time, especially in the bad, praise him. Thank him that you've got air to breathe. Thank him that you've had so many years of life. There's always someone worse off than you. We need to remember that at times, eh? There's always someone else going through much deeper stuff than you. So with your voice, with the voice that you have, praise him. I reckon that's where prophecy starts at the declaration of her great he is. Thank you. Thank you always lifts, doesn't it? Appreciation always lifts. You ever seen, any, seen anyone go down when you praise them? Sometimes people struggle to accept praise. That is one thing, and that person has to overcome that because we have to be able to receive as much as we are to give. But prophecy starts at praise. Thank you, Father. I love Psalm 150. I don't know how many times the word praise is used praise 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 so be a people of praise because you're a people who prophesy you're a people that see visions have dreams get words and speak it can be one word it doesn't have to be long it doesn't have to sound fancy we looked at that this morning i'm not a man of persuasive words but i am a man who speaks words of wisdom that have power and life on them so just really quickly, all I want to do, if I can do this really quickly, um, is in your notes, which some of you have just been given tonight and some of you will already have, if um, you brought your notes, um, if you go to the yeah, Fivefold Prophet 2 and on page 4, just going to finish these notes. Uh, it says, the similarities and the differences between the office gift of the prophet and being a prophetic people. Everyone found that place? Sing out if you haven't, page four. I think it's on page four in your notes. I got a little bit excited last time and didn't finish. <laughs> surprise, surprise, that's right. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 3. It says, pursue love, yet earn, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, what always defines the gifts is love. 
And that's why it says pursue love. That's why it's first. There's a sequencing order to everything God does, even though at times God is outside of his own order because he's God. But he has a sequencing pattern. Okay, If you don't know love and you want to chase gifts, what can happen is you don't have the nature of God so with the very gift you've been given, you can actually smash people rather than edify people. You can actually pull people down with a gift because you don't know how to handle the gift because you haven't got love in you. And that's why he always says, love me first, love me first, love me first, fall in love with me first so you can actually handle the gift. Plus, you won't also use the gift to build you up. You'll use it to build me up. Why? Because you're in love. See, when you're not in love and you're in love with yourself, you want to build yourself up. And you can build yourself up with the gift that God has given you. But that doesn't edify him. That only edifies you. And Paul said, I will not boast of myself. So like we've been talking about, too many people say, bless my ministry. And God's like, no, you bless my ministry. You don't exist. It's always been about my ministry, not yours. You don't have a ministry. It's my ministry. And I invite you to partner with me in my ministry, Greg. But what about my calling? What about my? What about my? You don't have a my. Your my is me. Why, Greg? Because your life is hidden in mine. You no longer exist. You are baptized into death, and now I've called you for a new life to live with me and to walk with me. Stop looking for your individual calling and look for my will. And then when you find that, then you will speak of it, and you will find that thing you're looking for when you find me. So there is that thing we're looking for. It's just not, we're looking in the wrong place. I hope you can hear what I'm saying. Okay. So pursue love. Let desire earnestly spiritual gifts. So we are to desire. And there's nothing wrong with desiring gifts. Some people think, oh, the gifts, the gifts. Ooh. No, we are to desire the gifts, but they are to be f- defined by love. Okay. So it's not either or, it's both and more. It's the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. What comes first? Fruit of the Spirit, you hope. Out of the fruit, you start operating in the gifts. Because now you've got the fruit of the gift in Spirit in you. Make sense? For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands. But in his Spirit, he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for what? Edification and exhortation and consolation. Awesome. All right, so we're speaking speaking tongues as well. But he's saying it's better to prophesy because the spung, the spung, (laughs) the tongue, spiritual tongue edifies your own spirit. But when you prophesy, once again, unless someone interprets that tongue, when you prophesy, you prophesy in English so everyone hears and understands. So then they can understand that in their mind. Rather than if I just go, Now, I don't know what I just said, do you? So then it's like, that's weird. How do you get edification off that? What did you say? I don't know. The Spirit knows. It's almost like, well, what was that all about? you agree with me? you understand what I'm saying? There's an order to everything. But if I prophesy in English, it couldn't just be five words. Everyone goes, wow. So if I was to say to you that one of the inheritance in the saints is to sit with Christ in the millennial reign and for you to have your place next to him as 
Revelation 3.21 promises all the overcomers. Who understood that? You might not have heard it, but you understood it in your head. But you've got even got to hear that. Prophecy must be heard. Do you understand what I mean by that? I don't talk about listening to what I said and intellectually understanding. You need to hear what I just said in the Spirit, receive it, accept it through the power of the Holy Spirit. That power comes into you and you're like, boom. Are you telling me that I'm going to sit with Christ in the millennium and reign with him if you overcome? Yes. You've now got the power in you to overcome the challenges you face. And that's just one promise. There's a macro prophecy for the church. Amazing, eh? See, that's why you can't just be looking for these individual earthly prophecies about what you're going to do in three years' time. But that's what we tend to think prophecy is all about. And that other stuff, well, no one understands it. Well, we're supposed to understand it because God's given us the Holy Spirit to understand it, so we'd actually eat it. Can you hear the frequency? God has been turning this church upside down on its head, shaking it upside down and putting it back together so you and I could actually become the very thing he says we are. What? An apostolic, prophetic, teacher, pastor. What's the fifth one? Good. Evangelistical people. It's awesome. So differences, similarities between the prophet and this prophetic people, because there are differences. At the same time, it's like same, same. I've got this cool T-shirt that I bought in Cambodia. Same, same, but different. And you laugh, but this is truth, okay? It's the same, same, but it's different, okay? So you need to hear that and try and grasp this because it's a question people ask. Well, what's the difference between the office gift of the prophet and we're all called to prophesy? Because both will do the same thing, but there is a gracing and a function and a power on one that's not on the other. And that's what I want to look at. So let's look at the similarities. In your notes, the prophet and a prophetic people are both to prophesy. So the prophet and a prophetic people are both to prophesy. The prophet and a prophetic people have a similar but not the exact same function. And this is with all these giftings that we're looking at. You know, there's an apostle, we're called to be an apostolic people. There are teachers, we're all called to teach. There are pastors, we're all called to shepherd. So once again, it's quite hard to try and put words to this thing. You have to understand it in the spirit. Because ultimately, it's this infused position of one, even though they're separate. Okay, So you look at them, and you can look at them separately, and then they go back together. It's like Jesus. You can look at Jesus through the giftings of five, but he was one. God is three, but he's one. The two become one. That's, I want to invite you. I love that song. I'm going to stay till we become one. That you understand you have the complete mind of Christ. So you understand everything in Christ. The way in which Christ operates the divine pattern from heaven. Okay. 
And you know, it's the prophet and a prophetic people are both given the responsibility of knowing and declaring the macro and micro prophetic words or promises of God. The prophet and the prophetic people are both given the responsibility of knowing and declaring the macro and micro prophetic words or promises of God. Macro being the eternal promises. Okay? There's so many eternal promises for the church and God's work. And then micro being a word that is temporal. And I've shared this before. So like I had a word in 1998 that I was going to do exactly what I'm doing now. And that has come to pass. That's how you know it's a word of the Lord. It comes to pass. But it's anchored in the temporal. It's an earthly while I'm living. I hope I'm going to describe this. But then there are these eternal promises, Revelation 3.21. If you look at Revelation 2 and 3, they are the eternal. So they are future. So they're the future inheritance for the church. But they can be received now. So you live from the revelation of them now, which inspires you to live for Jesus. Does that make sense? So Abraham saw the city, the new Jerusalem, in the future. Okay, Hebrews 11. He saw the city. They all saw the city. They were moving towards the city that the builder was God. And it says if they hadn't seen that, they, had the, they could have turned around and gone back to where they'd came from. So revelation of eternal promises now sets you on course to live a life that's full on, wholeheartedly abandoned to God now. So you and I, as prophetic people, are to know those macro promises. They are written in ink. They're already written down. They're already sealed in blood. And then at the same time, we are also to hear for the now and know for the now. Does that make is that real clear? So it's both. And we've done a really bad, bad job in the church at the most important one. And we've even said, oh, that's all irrelevant because that's in the future. No, it's now. A time is coming. It is now. And men and women of great faith, because faith sees the unseen and it has an absolute knowledge and a conviction of it because it's fully convinced it's what it's seen because it's seen through the eyes of faith. The Spirit has received what others say, whoa, I don't understand what you're talking about. I've received it and I've received and accepted it, believed it by faith and it's, that word has performed a work in me. Yeah, 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 to 14. There's your scripture reference. Okay? So you and I are to be a prophetic race who know, understand, and speak micro and macro 
macro and micro promises. How cool is that? Never got to play centre forward. Never got to play left wing. Had to go and goal because of my knee. Stink. Wanted to play left wing, play centre forward. But in God's team, I can play centre forward. I can know stuff. I can eat stuff. There's no limitations in God's team. There's not even a cap. It's uncapped. It's just how much do you want? Do you want to exceed beyond, excessively beyond? What does it say? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than I can ask, think, or imagine according to what? The power that lives in me. So according to the power that's working in me as to what I'm thinking and what I think is possible in God, and then what I speak in God. See, it's all according to the power. That's what I spoke about this morning. My faith doesn't rest on man's wisdom. It rests on the power of God. So now to him, now to God who is able. God is able to do all things. All things abound. There's nothing that's outside of his realm. He created it, and he's still creating stuff. So there's nothing outside of his capability and his capacity. And he chooses us to enter into that capacity with him. So there's nothing. Now to him who's able to do what? Immeasurably more. Immeasurably more than what you and I can think today. We don't have the capacity in ourselves to think that big. But with him and his power infused into us, it opens up the realm of the spirit. And I enter into the kingdom of God with God. And I enter and I start living from this kingdom realm. I'm seeing things. I'm hearing things. I'm eating things. I'm moving forward. It's not one step back and two forward. It's just forward, forward, forward. The glory that was, I'm now in the glory that is. And although my physical body is decaying, the Bible says my inner man is going from strength to strength to strength. What in though? The eternal. That's the whole context around that passage. I'm seeing the eternal. Because I see the eternal, I speak of the eternal. I get the opportunity to speak of divine things and to minister the utterances of heaven to my fellow brothers and sisters in the hope that you will hear in the hope that you will want, in the hope that you will desire, in the hope that you will go, you're joking me, really, aren't you? Man, if that's on offer, I'm going after that. I'm going to be like that. Imitate me as I imitate Paul. Isn't that what he said? Imitate, the Christ, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. That's why we are for one another examples, that we are letters that are written by uh, Read by one another. We are sense, smelt by one another. To some, we're going to be stank. Oh, yuck. That me because of them, not you. Because they can't handle the stench that's coming out of you or the smell because it's got so much life on it, it actually paralyzes people. Because insecurity rises and they go, oh, I'm not in that. What do you want to be? Do you want to be? Can I be? Yeah, because there's no favorites, but there's favor. Do you want to be? Do you want to be? Do you want to be? Hey, lady, do you want a drink? <laughs> He's always asking. He's just looking for a willing vessel. He says, you guys are to be my voice, my mouthpiece 
of heaven. You're to be my ambassadors that go around on earth, wherever you are, in your communities, in your cities, in your workplaces, in your supermarkets, and release heaven through words of what already is because you have come into it through my power. This is good preaching, eh? I'm surprising myself right now. I'm going, where's this coming from, man? I'm hearing it going, I've got to capture that myself. And it's the responsibility. He, guys, he wants us to be mature, doesn't he? Do you, have you asked why? Because he wants, what he wants to put in your hands is so powerful. But unless you're mature, you'll blow yourself up with it and you'll blow other people up with it. And you'll use the sword to chop ears off and not to actually love people with. So that's why he says, press on to maturity because what I want to give you is so profound. And then I want looking and I'm going to take a step back and we're going to work this together with one another and you're going to speak words of life. That what? Pull people down? No. You'll go into environments and you'll speak words that lift. You'll go into a workplace and speak words that will lift that atmosphere. It'll lift that environment. It'll lift hearts. Not all people because some people don't like the truth being spoken. Some people like living in their stuff, and that's sad. But that doesn't mean you don't continue to speak and continue to pray and continue to hope and continue to believe that the Word of God does not come back void because I've been given a mandate to be a prophetic person. Powerful. That's who you are. Sons, daughters. What did it say? My sons and my daughters were what? Prophesy. What a privilege we get. So the differences. The prophet is to bring to the church the right food to eat. In accordance to the proper time. Of what God is saying and doing upon the earth. The prophet is to bring to the church the right food to eat in accordance to the proper time of what God is saying and doing upon the earth. It's the responsibility of the church to be eating this food and sharing it with others. The Father here is raising up an apostolic prophetic voice. And with this, it has food. And we, clearly, you can see there in the scripture below, Matthew twenty four forty five. when there is a faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time. So God speaks to individuals and gives them food who are leading, who have oversight who are shepherding, and he expects those servants to give that food to other servants. What food are you eating? Where are you getting it from? Now hear me, I'm not saying if you're part of this church community, you cannot go outside to receive of different ministries. I'm not saying that. But are you eating the food that's on offer here? I love what Sandra says. She had this vision of someone ordering takeaways at the front door. So they weren't eating what was here, and they were ordering Pizza Hut and eating, then coming in. 
There's a reason why God is raising up giftings. There's a reason why he's saying what he's saying. Can you hear the food, the frequency that's being declared of who the church is called to be? As your number one primary objective, if you are part of this family, are you eating the food that is being presented on the table? If you are not, I would seriously, seriously ask you to consider why you're not and think about it. You may want to, and I'll just say this in love, if you're eating someone else's food, then maybe that's the church family you need to be part of. Because God is looking and going, I've given food to these people to put on the table for these people. He does nothing by mistake. Everything is intentional for a reason. He has a sequencing pattern in order. If you step outside of the order, you don't receive the life. So please hear me if you're listening on the recording. I'm not saying you cannot receive other food from other people. Please do. But is it your main food source? And that's our challenge. Because why would you be part of a family and not eat the food that's delivered on the table? My kids get in trouble. Dad has slaved. Do you want to hear a funny story? I'll tell you one story about my cooking that sort of went slightly astray. <laughs> Monday, I, uh, as, a, as a good man of God does, I was spending heaps of time in the Word and time got away from me and, you know, it was two o'clock before I realized that I hadn't got the chicken out. <laughs> so I got the chicken out and knew it wasn't going to defrost, so I put it in the microwave, hopefully hit the frost and worked out how much it weighed and did all that and still wasn't frost. so I put it in again and did all that and thought, I'll be right. Then I put it in the microwave on high and cooked it, thought that'll cook it, you know, it'll be good and then I'm going to put it in my pan with my, and we'll be all good. I did all that. I made beautiful mashed buds. I make the best mashed buds in Camborne. You can come over for dinner one time. Veggies. Cheese wrapped through the mashed buds. It's really good. And the hero on the dish was going to be the chicken. And there was still blood in the chicken. I'm like, how can that happen? So I microwaved it again. I've got to kill this chicken. And there was still blood in the chicken. So I thought, oh, we might have got this. So I put it on the plate. And I thought, they won't see. We'll be right. <laughs> Until by the time we got to the table, there's blood running out of the plate into the potato, my lovely mashed potato. And we looked at it, getting a little bit angry, just a little bit. <laughs> Love was coming out, joy. <laughs> I was like, oh, what are we going to do? I said, Danny says, it's okay. She was lovely. It's okay. You know, it's okay. We can, we can just throw the chicken away and we can just cut the potato. I said, no, we're getting takeaways. We're going to get takeaways. <laughs> and we ended up having mashed, mashed potato and carrots. <laughs> and then bacon and eggs. <laughs> or eggs, eggs on toast. You see, I put food on the table. And that was one rough day. Most of the time it's beautiful steak, isn't it, honey? It's like, you know. And the kids sometimes go, oh, I don't want to eat that. They say, you'll eat what's on the table. Because it's been taken time to prepare and steward, and it's come from somewhere, and it's cost. 
And so please eat what is on the table in the house that you live. Because I know the life of it. I know why I wrote the book. And it had nothing to do with me writing a book. And everything to do with God saying, get this stuff out there for the people to eat. Because when you speak, most people half the time, you know, they're coming and going, coming and going. And they're not following the sequencing pattern that's being declared. So you hear one message, then you don't come or you don't hear or whatever. And you're trying to pick pieces. So he said, write it down so they've got it in front of them so they can eat it, go over and over and over and over. Do you know how I came into the life I'm in? By going over and over and over and over and over and over. And then when you go over, you go it again. Repetition, repetition. You eat, and then you eat. So with this message, listen to it five times. Plug it in. We've all got technology. There's no excuse. Whack it into you as you're driving along from A to B. Consume yourself in the Word of God. Turn the radio off. Turn, I don't know, Ed Sharon off and listen to Jesus Christ. I like Ed Sharon. I like a lot of music. Who's that? <laughs> that's all right. That's sad, but that's okay. <laughs> all right, let's get back. Under the scripture, the prophet and a prophetic people are given different gracing or power to carry out their function. This is the area that's probably the main difference, okay? So a prophet will prophesy. A prophetic race will prophesy, but there is a measure of grace given, a gift to perform a function. And once again, it's not, oh, well, that sucks because I didn't get that. No, we're all in the family. It's not a competition. You don't choose it. So it's not like someone earned it. It's a gift and it's given. The father decides for whatever reason that person's getting that gift with that measure of grace. That person's not. It's just part of the big plan. And here's the other thing. You wouldn't want it. So the thing you think you want, you don't want. Trust me, you don't want it. Because with it comes much expectation and much weight and a lot of opposition. So when you think you're feeling sorry for yourself because you didn't get what the other persons get, be thankful and grateful you didn't get it. <laughs> okay? It's so back to front. We think we want it, don't we? Oh, if I just get that. And then you get it. It's like, oh, I didn't want that at all. Why did I ask for that? Okay? <laughs> Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Who gave the gift? Who gives the measure? Christ. He decides everything. Okay? Romans 12, 4-6. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I love that. Sam said this a few weeks ago. Your business is my business. And my business is your business. We don't like that. Who do you think you are asking that question? Well, my business is your business, and your business is my business. You see, this tells me that individually members of one another, 
So I need to know how you're getting on because if you're not going well, then you're not functioning in the body that I'm part of. And then the body doesn't function like it's supposed to because it's got a wounded part of the body. So I need to know and help you out with love and grace, not judge you. I want to edify you because I'm going to prophesy to bring you a word that's going to heal you and lift you up so you can get on board with being the arm that you're called to be and I can be the ear so we can move forward as one body, not as individuals, one body. So the body is made up of individuals. So you can't have a body without individuals, but individuals make up a body. And God always looks through the lens of a body first, not individuals. That's why you can't ask, well, what's my individual calling? He says it's not an individual calling, it's a macro calling. It's my calling. There's prophecy right there that the church needs to hear. And receive, it's not about us. It's about him. You find your purpose in him and him alone. And your purpose is connected to his will. You're not, and I'm not a lone ranger, disconnected from the macro plan of God. I'm so grateful I'm not. That's how you disconnect from the vine. Do you realize that? Remain in the vine, otherwise no life. So then he goes on and says, since we have gifts that differ, according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. Now here's the cool thing. The faith it's referring to can grow. Okay, so there's a gift of faith. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the faith that everyone can have and that faith can grow. So as your faith grows through the word of God, you will prophesy in accordance to the knowledge you have of God. So the more you understand the word of God, the promises of God, the living realm of God, the eternal word, and that's living and active, guess what? You have greater faith because you have a conviction of the unseen realm. So then you prophesy. Let me tell you about the eternal promise that the Holy Spirit showed me the other day in my quiet time with him. And you prophesy it to the world. doesn't mean the world's going to listen. They might go, what a nut job. But you know what? You've got something they don't have, and it's changing your life. So the fruit is the evidence of the Word of God living in you, isn't it? So if you are through the power of revelation, because faith and revelation are intrinsically linked and synced together, ye of little faith, Jesus is saying, ye of little revelation. If you have large revelation, you have large faith, because faith is the ability to see in the unseen realm. How do you get it to see in the unseen realm? Through revelation. Through the power of God revealing the unseen realm. On the revelation, I build my church on the Christ. So if you have more revelation, you'll prophesy to the level of faith you have. More faith, more prophecy, more things to say, more things to share. Why? Because I've got 10 things in my toolbox now, and I want to tell you about all 10. Now I've got 20, 30, 40. Why? Because I've got the mind of Christ. Why? Because my faith is growing. I can see. I can see. What was the title of my book? Why do you think it's called bird's eye view? Because you want to see like an eagle from a bird's eye view, looking down, having a good look at all the world, going, wow, look at that. And an eagle, that eagle, can see its prey from miles away and target it and go nail it. Why do you think the picture of your finish line determines 
How You Run, Chapter 2. If you haven't got it, if you guys are new here tonight, grab the book. It's free. You can have it. They're just in the foyer. You're going to prophesy to the measure of faith you're in. As your faith increases, so will your prophecy, meaning so will the living word that comes out of your mouth. Where from? Not your own stuff made up. Right out of here. It's not, I think this and I think that. No, that's a false prophet. It's everything that already is. It's not new. It's just you haven't discovered it yet, Amanda. But you're discovering things. It's sitting here waiting to be discovered. What does Proverbs 25 two say? It is the glory of God to conceal a matter and is the glory of kings, plural, to go searching for. And when you find a gold, a nugget that is hidden, you receive the power of that nugget. It changes you firstly. You have more life than what you had, and then you declare it into the earth for all those that are hungry and have ears to hear. Then they receive it, and then it goes on, and it goes on, and it's like tag. And God has graced prophets, apostles, with a power to go into the word, to see things, and then to bring those things that are in the eternal out into the temple and to declare it like scattering seed to the church and all those who have fertile and hungry hearts, the seed goes out and it goes in and it grows up and it produces 30, 60, 100 fold more than what was sown. But all those that get excited for five minutes, nothing happens. All those that get excited, oh, and the enemy comes, up she goes. And all those who get worried about their lives and are seeking riches, the word gets choked and it produces no fruit. But all those who have a heart, because that's what it is. It's a heart that is soft, hungry, fertile, thirsty for what? The living word. Receive the seed that is planted because the power is in the seed. And it grows in his time. Not your time. His time. Even that's a bit annoying at times, I see. I want it now. How long, God? But how many people know he waits for the perfect time because there could still be things in our own lives that he knows need to get sorted. But at the same time, God's going to finish the work because he promises you what he started, he will finish if you allow him. You have to allow him to finish the work. You have to allow God to prune. You have to actually give him permission to come and be the master surgeon and prune areas that you may not want uncovered. But get it done now before you stand before him naked and you get found out you got nothing on and you didn't go to the gym. <laughs> Oh, no, that was not meant to come out. <laughs> not those words. I mean, just the fact that I'm standing naked before you. You've got to take all of me if you take a part of me. <laughs> Does that make sense, though? The more faith you have, the more you're going to prophesy. That's why we need to know the word. Get in the word. Not the words, the word. And ask the Holy Spirit, who's been given the 
mission to lead you into now into all truth to do what he asks us to do. The prophet is given the necessary measure of grace to achieve their function as a builder in the body of Christ. We've looked at that. We're not all, once again, you've got to hear this through the lens of the Spirit, okay? That those giftings are given as building gifts. You will play a part as a prophetic race in seeing people built. But you don't have the grace on you that a prophet has to be able to go through certain things to see that building work accomplished. Does that make sense? So because you've received from a prophet, okay, that's what it talks about, receiving the grace, receiving what's on a prophet, you receive a measure to help you be built. And as you speak from disciple, disciple see other people built. But your primary job is not of a builder. That's what a prophet and an apostle is. But you will be part of the building process when you speak prophetic words. Can you hear what I'm trying to say? Because it can be easily confused. So we need to know the position of the sequencing order. Okay. Um, last few things. The body of Christ has been given the necessary measure. So you and I have been given the necessary measure of grace to achieve their function as a prophetic people who prophesy. So with these things, it's never either or, it's both and more, but there is a sequencing order to it. Okay? So the body of Christ has been given the necessary measure of grace to achieve their function as a prophetic people who prophesy. Hence, God's people are going to see dreams. They're going to see visions. They're going to speak. And we all have access to the power of God. For in the spirit of God, that's where the power is contained. And we can experience more of that power as well. But that doesn't mean you now become a prophet. Okay? You hear what I'm trying to say? It's really hard to try and describe this in English. I'm just hoping you can really hear it. It doesn't mean you now are a prophet and you're a self-proclaimed prophet. There's too many of those out. Well, where did you get that from? Well, I decided I was going to be. <laughs> oh, really? Well, it's a calling. Oh, yeah, no, I bypassed that one because I wanted to be a prophet. Why? Because I could prophesy. That doesn't make you a prophet. The gift of prophet, the office gift of a prophet, it comes with weight. It comes with a power comes with such a massive responsibility, and you'll know it. Like Vera said, it's a calling. You're called. You got apprehended somewhere along the way. The hand came down and went, bang. It's like a poor calling. You don't choose it. Trust me, it chooses you. Not because you're good, because he decides. It's crazy. I know I wouldn't have chosen me. That's a joke. <laughs> hey, mum. <laughs> My mum's here tonight. <laughs> Last thing. When the prophet and the prophetic people are prophesying God's living prophetic word, so when the prophet and the prophetic people are prophesying God's living prophetic word, whether it be a macro or micro prophetic word, 
the building of the church can occur. When all those hearing these words receive, believe, and accept them via revelation. So when the prophet and the prophetic people are prophesying God's living prophetic word, when it's going out, when it's a living word, it's an active word, sharper than a double-edged sword word, because that word has been performed in you. Whether it be a macro reality or a micro one, the building of the church, which is you and I, can occur when all those who are hearing these words, hearing, not just listening, not hearing, hearing when you hear Jesus said, you don't understand because you can't hear what I'm saying. He was not talking about bread and loaves and fish. He was saying, I am the bread of life. It's me. You've missed it. Why are you talking about bread when I asked you about loaves? I'm talking about myself. See, when you can't hear it, you go that way. When you hear it, you go that way. So when you hear the word, then you're brought into a realm which then by faith you accept that that's the word of the Lord because the power of it has brought you into it, which means you believe now, you're fully convinced, you have a revelation of what was spoken. I'm convinced that is. And then you put your mortgage, maybe about an analogy, and your life on the Christ. So one foot in the world, one foot goes two feet into Jesus. There's no other way. Why? Because I received the word that was spoken about who I'm called to be. And I step into that reality. It's tangible. It's substance. It's a concrete sandwich. It's not something that's wishy-washy. It's not double-minded. It's single-minded. It's focused. It's powerful. And the same power that sets you free is the same power that repels you. It has to be. For it to set you free of your sin, the Word of God has to be powerful. So that power, when it's received and realized, does a work in you that you know something's happened. And now you live from that reality that's happened. And so you speak from it. You preach from it. Every conversation you have, there's an availability. You're looking to bring forth the utterances of heaven. You're aware when to, when not to, when it's wasted energy and time because the hearer or the hearers can't hear because they're not postured to hear yet. So you have to hold that word and steward it, maybe for another time, maybe for just you. So it's not just about, let me tell you everything I know, Sarah, And I'm learning that still. I think it's an ongoing process. Amen. 